0: My brothers and I would like to welcome you this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. We welcome you to the house of the Lord. A couple um, notes that I was told that last week's sermon uh, is now online at bucknerrb.org if you're interested in hearing that. So they have posted it on their website. We do indeed welcome you this evening. As we do so, I'd like to introduce those men that are up front. To my left is Priest Ron Biver of South Branch. He will be bringing the invocation. To my far right is Elder Tony Brown from the Buckner Congregation. We bring bringing the benediction. Our speaker tonight is Elder Rick Rogers from Buckner Congregation. And I'm Dan Schoneman from the South Chrysler Restoration Branch. You know, it was, we were talking about it beforehand, 36 years ago, 35, 36 years ago, that I first met Mike. I don't know that he remembers it. It was in a previous life for me before I was in education. We were in a real estate broker's class together. And I'd only been down here for just a few years. I'd been in a different business line and went back into real estate, was getting my license, and I was kidded a lot about asking if I was from Minnesota because of the way I pronounced some words. And I said, no, I was from Michigan. And um, as, we, as I sat there listening to Rick and his brother talk, I knew they weren't from Michigan, as, we will, as you'll find out if you're not familiar with Rick. But I've had the opportunity over the last 35 years to be in ministry with Rick, to serve with him, to set under his ministry of the spoken word. I know the Lord, uh, the love that He has for the Lord, and the love that He has for each one of you. Um, that is something that is very evident. And we look forward this evening. I would invite your prayers for him. to read uh, for a call to worship from John, the 14th chapter, a scripture that's familiar to all of us, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go, I will prepare a place for you and come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way?" Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's continue in worship by singing hymn number 448. 448.
1: Father, we open this service with uh, praise to Thee and to Thy Son. We pray that uh, Your Spirit will be with us and that it will guide us in this service. We pray that uh, our preparation will be, has, will be pleasing to Thee. I pray at this time for our speaker of this hour, that You will be with him, and that uh, he will have that liberty of speech to share with us, the message you desire us to hear for our benefit. I pray for each and every one here this evening that our hearts and our minds might be attentive and we might be able to listen and receive that message. I pray that our worldly concerns might not interfere with this. I pray that uh, we might uh, continue with this love that we have for one another as we go into the world from this place, and that it might be a light to others. And I pray that we might look forward and have that great desire for thy kingdom. I ask these things and I pray them all. In Jesus the Christ's most holy name I ask it. Amen.
2: Scripture reading I would like to read from Philippians the second chapter beginning at the 8th verse. And Jesus being found being found in fashion as a man humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. it said that you can't know anything for certain 100%. You can't be certain. Well, I don't know about that. The hymn we just read said you could. Or the hymn we just sang said you could. We could know that Jesus lives. I believe that the Scriptures are true. That there's a God. There was a time in my life when I didn't. I didn't really know whether I believed. But I've studied it. I've looked at the archaeological evidence. I've seen the eyewitness testimony. I've read some of the thousands of documents proving that the scriptures are true. I believe the scriptures are true. That there is a God, that his son Jesus Christ was sent into the world, that took upon us, took upon himself our sins, and died on a cross and was raised from the dead and lives and sits at the right hand of God the Father, and that He sends His Holy Spirit to us to enlighten our minds and convince us of these things. Sometimes life pushes us to the very brink. When we ought to be rejoicing in our faith and in our Savior, we get pushed to the very edge by unrelenting pursuit of pressures and the unbelievable expectations of everyone who is around us. We need to meet every party. We need to go to every housewarming. We need to respond to every letter. We need to be at every presentation. We must not miss the children's programs. And then there are the desserts and the dinners and the meetings and all of a sudden we look and we say, "What has happened?" There was a woman who was a, was Christmas shopping with her two little ones. She had had it right up to here. She had been there for eight hours in the marketplace, listening to each child ask for everything their eyes could see. Finally, at the end of the day, as she was descending in the elevator from the top floor where the toys were were back down to the bottom floor where she could find her car and get home with both children hanging on her. She pushed her way into the busy, crowded elevator and she was heard to say, Who in the world ever started Christmas anyway? Whoever it is, we ought to stand him up and shoot him. And there was a voice in the back of the elevator and the voice said, Don't worry, lady, we crucified him. And all of a sudden, a stillness came over the elevator, and all of the perspective of the season was put back into focus. Sometimes life gets out of focus, doesn't it? Sometimes the pressures are heavy, aren't they? I'm told that a man asked another man on the street, do you know what the two biggest problems in the world are today? And the man said, I don't know and I don't care. The man said, you have them both. (laughs) You know, the easy way is to say I don't know and I don't care. That's the easy way of life. But we're not called to the easy way, are we? God has called us to bear the gospel of Jesus Christ to a sickened world. As Christians, we want to know. And we do care. When I, was a, when I was very young, a child down in Mississippi, a little town called Silverina, Mississippi, my grandmother, my grandparents lived there. And my brother and I would go down and we would play. We would play what they, we called Fox and Hounds, we'd play chase and we would just we were, it was so hot mississippi nighttime we would get so sweaty and so red and so just just we were kids we didn't know the difference and we would go in and 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 my grandmother would oh she you know she was she was so caring and so loving the perfect grandmother and she had fixed us something to eat and she'd say boys wash your hands you know what we would say grandmother we haven't touched anything Now, we had probably just been out there throwing dried cow patties at each other. We were were active, to put it lightly. We were active. The, The Scriptures say at the judgment bar, we will know as we are known. We will realize that we have lied to ourselves about many things. I did my best. I was a good person. I helped at the Red Cross. I gave to church. I studied the Scriptures. These things are good. On Judgment Day, when we stand before the Holy God, every excuse that we used will come to our mind. You ever thought about it? How we answer that? We would know that we had time, but just didn't want to. We lie to ourselves every day. We justify our decisions. Grandmother, I don't need to wash my hands. I haven't touched anything. We were foolish children. But as adults, to God, our excuses aren't any better. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, the thirty first verse, the day soon cometh that men shall come before me to judgment to be judged according to their works. And many will say unto me that in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will say, ye never knew me. Depart from me, ye that worked iniquity. Lord, Lord, have we not Grandmother, I haven't touched anything. My hands are clean. I don't need soap and water. And that's the third chapter we read. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. And at the ninth hour for prayer. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms? And Peter and John, fastening their eyes on him, said, Look at us. And he gave heed unto them, Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that was called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw this, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why ye look so earnestly on us? Now listen to what they said. As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man walk, The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified His Son, Jesus. As a responsible, our work is to help save someone by introducing them to Jesus Christ the Savior. That is our work. As a responsible, strong-bodied person, we are all lifeguards, sheepdogs, law enforcement, EMT, and firemen. Good Samaritan laws are in place all over the states and encouraging people to help others in, in the case of emergency medical situations where trained rescue personnel have yet to come. As Christians, we are expected to be good Samaritans and help people and even save their life. As true believers in Christ, we are called to tell the good news of the gospel to everyone because every soul is worth saving. As Christians, we have but one duty, one main task, one mission, one path, and that is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our might mind and strength, leaving nothing left over, nothing remaining, nothing hidden, but to serve God. Trust God and love God. He is the beginning, the sustainer of all things, and if there were an end, He would be the end. But there is no end to His works. Forever are His works. We will never... Ever forget what he has done for us, and how he snatched us from hell and pulled our drowning and gasping souls to the shore of safety. Matthew 13 chapter and the forty fourth forty fourth verse again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure, hid in a field, the which when a man hath found he hideth, for the joy thereof goeth and selleth. All that he hath, and buyeth the field. A person told me sometime back that they thought Jesus began in the manger. And I said, what? You know, it's essential that we know who Jesus is. It's imperative that we know who Jesus is. He is the one that walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Did you know that? He is the one that walked with Enoch. He is the one that came to Abraham when he was 100 years old and said, Sarah will conceive and bring forth a son. He is the one that taught Jacob and named him Israel. He is the one that went with Joseph into Egypt. He is the one that spoke through the burning bush and said, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. He is the one who, that wrote on the tablets with his own finger. He is the one that opened the Red Sea and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. He is the one that caused water to gush forth from the rock when Moses struck it. And they all did drink. This is who Jesus is. He is the one that told Moses to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, and I will lead you out of Egypt to a land of milk and honey. He is the one that came to Joshua and led him around the walls of Jericho. He was was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He is the one that Isaiah saw in the temple high and lifted up, he is the one that Daniel saw on the throne and all nations bowing before him. He is the one that went into fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four people in the furnace. And the fourth one looked like unto the Son of God. He is the one that John the Baptist said, He who comes after me is before, before me. He is the one that Paul said was in the cloud that led the children of Israel and did eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Jesus Christ. He is the one that spoken of in the book of Revelation that John the Revelator saw the 24 elders standing before the throne praising Him day and night, Saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is the one that gives the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. He is the only one that is worthy to open the books and unloose the seals. He is the one that angels cast their crowns down before. He is the one that shall wipe away all tears before our eyes. He is the one that shall speak, and the graves will open. He is the one that 144,000 angels stood before Him singing a new song. This is our Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is the one that shall bring forth a new heaven and a new earth. He is the one that died on Calvary cross and forgave our sins. He is the one that died on Calvary cross and forgave our sins. And He is the one that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the one that Paul was talking about that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Christ. He is the one that John the Revelator said shall be called King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the one which King Benjamin spoke when he said He shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the Creator of all things from the beginning. And His mother shall be called Mary. Mary. Yes, He is the One. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only begotten of the Father. He is the only One who is full of grace, mercy, justice, righteousness, and truth. He is Jesus Christ, the ruling, righteous, reigning, omnipotent Son of God. That's who He is. And He deserves all of our honor, our wealth, our sacrifice, our commitment, and our love. For there is strength in the name of the Lord. There is hope in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ was before the manger. Jesus Christ was at the beginning. He is, He was, and He shall shall always be. We will worship Him throughout all eternity in the Holy City. You know, I had another person tell me one time that they just don't have a vision of it hereafter. That didn't make sense to them. They can't picture it. And I said, well, I do. You know, I, I've, read, I've read Revelation. I, I know what's coming. You know, when we, when we used to go down to Pensacola, Florida, we would, as kids, we would, we would get on top of the, we would drive down the old two-lane highways, trees, and just driving, and driving, and driving. And we would get to Pensacola and we knew where the bridge was. And we would cross over that bridge and it was the most exciting thing on earth. The sun shining and the, the emerald green water was just, just beautiful, beautiful. We knew we had arrived. And what we were going to get to do, we we're going to get to weigh it in the Gulf of Mexico. We we're going to get to look for seashells and play and have a good time. It was exciting. Do you have a vision of the hereafter? Do you realize that the Holy City is going to be 1,500 miles square? It's like a cube, just square. 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles, each wall. There'll be 12 gates made of solid pearls. To be on 12 foundations of, of, of uh, stones, beautiful stones. It lists them, but they are. It's going to be beautiful. I've heard it calculated that it's just the first level, if you take 1,500 miles squares, is something like 1 to 2 million acres. There's going to be plenty of room. And like we're just saying, we've got a mansion waiting on us. Now I don't know what size house you live in, but I don't live in a mansion. My house is small, although the tax assessor thinks it's real expensive. (laughs) Huh? Us in Jackson County. Woo. But I got a mansion waiting on me and I'm excited about it. Kind of like going over that Pensacola Bridge. I can't wait. Now I'm not gonna go play in the highway, sit in the street, don't worry about that. I'm not gonna rush it up any because I have a message to tell. The glorious gospel. I have something to do while I'm yet here. I've got grandkids I want to minister to and help. But if the Lord decides to take me, I hope. I hope and pray that I can go looking at that holy city, knowing you know. I I tell you, I'm going to be real candid with you. I like to have wings. I know, kids. I know. It, it might sound silly to some way. I'd like to have wings. When I was a child, I used to dream all the time about flying. Often I would dream that. Many, many times. Oh, yeah, I was flapping my arms. It was but I'm telling you, it was like I was there. I would go over the clouds, go over rooftops. It was exciting to me. And, you know, I don't know whether we're going to get wings or not. But, you know, I think it's fun to think about it. I think it's fun to maybe get to do it. I don't know. Scriptures don't say anything about wings, other than the seraphim having them having six wings. Two over their eyes, two over their mouth, and two over their feet. Standing over the throne of God. I'm excited about the hereafter. I have a vision of it. I think streets of gold. Are you serious? That look like glass. Can you imagine? Look inside your gold ring sometime and look how it just shines a mirror. It's a, that's what streets are gonna be like. You know that heaven's our real home. Heaven's our home. This is not home. We're just here temporarily. Not here long at all. It's a just a vapor, the Scripture says. It's an eye blink. If you live the full... My dad's just turned 91. Just turned... It's an eye blink. If you live a full, healthy, happy life, and I hope you all do, but it's not long, you will be in that, in that holy city. Unless He comes. And we're still alive. Unless He comes sooner. There's a story of a man who entered a contest to to determine who was the most humble person. When he won, he was given a badge of merit. But it was later disqualified when he wore it. (laughs) To be humble means to recognize that we are not self-sufficient, but dependent on God for everything we need, on everything we need. Our lives, our salvation, our hope, our strength, and our abilities are all gifts from God. All of them. When we submit our will to God's will, we witness His power and grow in His character. We begin to look more like Jesus. Jesus. Being humble means acknowledging that we are not perfect and that we need God's guidance. It's recognizing that everything we have is a gift from God. Our accomplishments, our talents, our possessions, and not solely our our own, but rather blessings from above. They're from Him. By acknowledging this, we begin to align our will with God's and rely on His strength rather than our own. We can look at the example of Jesus. Despite being the Son of God, being the Son of God, Jesus humbled Himself and became human to serve us and die for our sins. He washed the feet of His disciples. He touched lepers who were untouchable according to the law. He welcomed sinners who were despised he blessed children when others were trying to push them away. He expressed compassion for a woman taken in adultery. He accepted the worship of a woman who was criticized because she poured perfume over his feet. He touched the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. He cast out demons out of people who were violent. And during his, listen to this, and during his final hours, he comforted a murderer who was nailed to a cross next to Him. And after His resurrection, He reassured a doubting disciple and reestablished the disciple who had denied Him. Humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. Philippians 2, 3 and five through 5 says, Let each esteem... Other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Charlie was ten. School's out for Christmas, and the family had chosen to spend the holiday in the country. The boy pressed his nose against the bay window over the vacation home and marveled at the British winter. They were experiencing. He was happy to trade the blackened streets of London for the cotton-white freshness of the snow-covered hills. His mom invited him to go for a drive, and he quickly accepted. And they snaked the car down the twisty road, the tires crunching the snow as they went, and the boy puffed his breath on the window. He was thrilled. But his mother, however was a bit anxious. She could tell that this was more than a normal storm. Heavy snowfall came down. Visibility lessened, and then she took a curve. The car started to slide, and it didn't stop until it was in a ditch. She tried to drive out of the ditch, but she couldn't do it. Little Charlie pushed. She pressed the gas, but they were just digging themselves in deeper. They were really stuck And they needed help. A mile down the road, there was a house. And off they went. Knocked on the door. Of course, the woman told them, of course you can come in. Please come in and warm yourselves. The phone is yours. And she offered them tea and cookies and urged them to stay until help arrived. An ordinary event, Don't suggest that to the woman who opened the door. She has never forgotten that day. She retold the story thousands of times. If she's told it once, and who could blame her? It's not often that royalty royalty appears on your porch. For the two travelers stranded by the England winter were no less than Queen Elizabeth and the heir to the throne, ten-year-old Charles. Wouldn't forget that, would you? But I want to tell you something far more wonderful than that has happened. Royalty has walked down our streets. Heaven's prince has knocked on our door. And God has moved into our neighborhood. And He has you in His heart. He has moved into our neighborhood and He is here. Almighty God is here. We do not serve a God who is far away. We serve a God who is close at hand, for He has come to be with us. He is our Savior, and He stands at your door and knocks. Open the door and let Him in. It will be the best day of your life. There's a painting in the Louvre Museum in Paris, France. The painting is called Checkmate. In this painting, the devil is sitting on one side of the table. There's a chessboard in the middle, and another man sitting on the other side of the table. And the man sitting there on the other side of the table from the devil, he's sitting there with his hands on his head. In desperation. You can just see it all over his face. Desperation. Just holding his head. Now on this particular day, a group of people were ta- taking a tour of the Lavour. Some in the group were world champions that were being given a special tour. And in the tour was the world chess champion. As they walked by the painting, the guide is explaining to them, this is a painting of, the art- of an artist's rendering of somebody who has lost the battle with the devil. And so the group moved on to the next painting to see something else. But the world chess champion, he stayed there. And he just kept looking at the painting. Soon the tour noticed that he wasn't with the group. And so the tour guy came back and said, We moved on. Are Are you coming? He said, Well, I've been looking at this painting... And the guy said, yeah, it's called checkmate. The devil's laughing. The man is lost. He said, yeah, I've been noticing that, but while I've been standing here, I've kept looking at the painting, and I've got a problem. The guy said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, I'm a world champion chess player, and I spend my life playing chess, and normal people don't always see what... A world champion chess player sees, but when you walk, you walk all walked away. I looked at the devil laughing, and I looked at the man in desperation. But he said, "I noticed something on the chessboard." He said, "Either they're going to have to change the painting, or they're going to have to change the name." The guy said, "Why? Why are you? Why are they going to have to do that?" He said, well, you know, I'm a world champion chess player. And he said, when I observed the board, I found the king had one more move. Saints, you may at times believe you've been cornered. You may believe everything is gone and there is no hope. When you look at the world around us, that's easy to do sometimes. It, Wickedness has covered this land and most of the world like a tsunami, hasn't it? It's, America's not like it used to be. It was isn't like what it used to be when I was a, a boy. It's changing. It's not the same. But the saints aren't either. The Holy Spirit is touching our people. You can hear it in the testimonies. At prayer service, you can hear it in the prayers. Oh, my. The prayers. You know, at prayer service, we get to sit in like a fly on the wall and listen to somebody talk to God. And some folks are real good at it. Some folks don't even know you're there when they stand up at prayer service. They talk to God. It's marvelous. You ever heard that? You ever heard somebody talk to God knowing that His Holy Spirit is giving them what to say? That's not a them. The Holy Spirit is giving them what to say and what to ask for. You may believe everything is gone and there is no hope, but I want to encourage you that the King still has one more move. In the fullness of time, God sent His only begotten Son, and He has one more move. One more move over your finances. He has one more move over your marriage. He has one more move over your kids. He has one more move over your health. He has one more move over your life. He has one more move over His church and His people. It's not over till he says it's over. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. and to Jesus Christ be the glory both in heaven, both now and forever.
3: Thank you, Rick.
0: We'll close the service this evening with the singing of hymn 201, Redeemer of Israel, after which uh, Brother Brown will offer the benediction. 201.
3: Almighty God, our Father in heaven, even the great God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, holy, holy, holy is thy name. And Father, thank you for loving each one of us, loving us enough to offer up thy only Son from those courts the glory to walk upon this earth that he might be our hope. And Father, we're very appreciative for the ministry of our brother Rick this night, that zeal and that hope that he has in this Jesus Christ. And Father, he has shared with us through the word and through illustration and even testimony of this Jesus Christ. And that vision of the life after in thy kingdom. And so it is, Father, as we have heard this message tonight. May our hope be deferred no longer. May we be about your business to build up the cause of thy kingdom here on this earth. And that we might look forward to the great return of thy son, even Jesus Christ. And Father, as we pronounce this benediction upon this service. May you be with each one that is gathered here. May even thy Holy Ghost fall upon them in great power this week, and that they might share that good news with those around them as they enter into their missionary fields this week. Father, may you guide them, protect them, and be with them. And Father, we pray that you might be with each one till we meet again. And this is our humble prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.